Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're going to be talking about the resiliency of wisdom. And you know, it's really interesting because in life that we are surrounded by wisdom. I mean, there's just pockets of wisdom everywhere we can go, especially now that we have access to the Internet. There's just so much out there. But the bottom line is, you know, it's much harder to love than it is to be wise. To seek wisdom is something that we have lots of access to. But to choose to love can be one of the most difficult things you can do in your life. So today, we're going to be talking about wisdom because wisdom is what helps us become resilient as people. It's one of those qualities that's really it's really hard to define it because because it, it's got so much to it, which people generally realize when they encounter it and when it is encountered most obviously in the realm of decision making. And, and so, so a lot of people in psychology tend to agree that wisdom involves an integration of knowledge, experience, and, and deep understanding, as well as a tolerance for uncertainties of life. And that means that they are faith-based. People are willing to take leaps of faith in order to gather wisdom. Wisdom in itself can come from what's called experiential learning, learning from our experiences. And there's an awareness of how things play out over time, and it confers a sense of balance. And so this kind of searching for, for knowledge, searching for wisdom, really requires a sense of joyousness. It requires us to have a sense of desire to have wisdom, and not only to have wisdom, but the most important part of wisdom is applied wisdom, meaning that we're able to apply it in order to help other people. You know, a lot of wise people generally share an optimism that life's problems can be solved and experience a certain amount of calm in facing difficult decisions because they're not staring at anything having to do with failure. They're experiencing everything to do with learning. You know, intelligence may be necessary for wisdom, but it definitely isn't sufficient. An ability to see the big picture, a sense of proportion, a sense of humility, a sense of, of introspection that also contributes to this. And that's an alignment of both our intellect and our human life and our spirit. You know, it can be acquired only through experience, but itself experience does not automatically confer wisdom because people who stare at experiences with the fear of failure are going to have enormous problem collecting any kind of wisdom in their life. You know, there's a lot of research that they probe social, emotional, and cognitive process that transmute experience into wisdom. And that can be a very, very powerful thing in our life if we truly enjoy the seeking of it. You know, there's a lot of theories that are emerging to try to measure and model wisdom. Uh, a leading theory, uh, Paul Baltes and others define wisdom as an expert knowledge in the fundamental pragmatics of life that permits 
exceptional insight, judgment, advice about complex and uncertain matters. That encompasses some components. There's a rich procedural knowledge. There's rich factual knowledge. There's an understanding of life context, which means the situations, the awareness of the values and the priorities that need to be applied, and the ability to recognize and manage uncertainty. And that is measured by introducing hypothetical scenarios and assessing what participants would consider to do in those situations. But there's other theories of wisdom as well. Some that individuals develop wisdom as a personality's characteristic, encompassing and reflecting compassion and the pursuit of truth, not just their truth, but the world's truths. You know, some people want to view the whole world through their own perceptions of the truth, and that egotistical uh, uh, endeavor can box us out of other people and, uh, and life and what life has to offer us simply because we want to pursue ourselves as, as being right. But when we do that, the wisdom we collect is only there to validate our perception. And so we have to be very careful in seeking wisdom that there's a balance between ourselves and others so that actions are directed at the common good of others and ourselves rather than just ourselves. Wisdom encompasses cognitive ideas such as knowledge and experience, reflective components, the ability to examine yourself after things have taken place, and a very pro-social, meaning we are welcoming other people's perceptions of truths, meaning benevolence and compassion, and that we are also humble enough to take in that wisdom and understand that everybody is more right than they are wrong. If we're always seeking what's wrong in people, we're never going to gather the wisdom that anyone and everyone can offer each other if we would just take the time to listen. You know, knowledge and intelligence are really important components, but wisdom is deeper than internalizing facts, theories, and processes. Intelligence explains less of the variance between wisdom-related performance than they do personality traits. So life experience is one of the strongest predictors of wisdom as long as we are open to having life experiences and living life rather than coping with life. Many people believe that wisdom comes from advanced age, but the reality is more complex. Some research finds that wisdom rises until the mid-20s and then it remains fairly stable and then it begins to decline after 75 years old. Overall, old age doesn't seem to be necessary or sufficient for wisdom. What matters more may be the motivation to pursue its development. And so that pursuit of wisdom in itself is a task that we can all take as a hobby, as a desire, as a passion, as a purpose, especially if it's applied knowledge, applied wisdom. If we are seeking that and doing that hard work, we have things to offer people that they never take the time to have. You know, difficult experiences also have the potential for growth. The more difficult experiences we have and the more we take them from a resilient perspective of having that experience become our testimony and how we get through it, how we respond, not how we react, but how we respond to the difficult situation, there is wisdom that's acquired by learning from the experience. So both research and clinical observations suggest that people who work to process adversity 
derive meaning from it, and allow it to uh, uh, catalyze change, create change, be the catalyst for change, are the people for whom hardships leads to wisdom. If you think from the perspective of the Bible or any other difficult story that you've read in life and learned from, that's how people, how people become resilient is also their investment in the idea of having wisdom. Culture can also influence which traits are considered virtuous and education that individuals receive. For example, in the American culture, stronger emphasis is on achievement, while Japanese culture puts more value on perspective taking. Experience substantially contributes to the development of wisdom, and culture informs which experiences people have and how they handle them. Wisdom and faith are in some ways intertwined, and, and they both deepen the decentering of yourself and seeing a broader picture. And the more we decenter our wisdom on ourselves, and the more that we seek a broader wisdom in a humble way, the much more productive and interesting and attractive we become as people, you know, and also a more effective leaders if we want to be in life. Uh, balance is also a key. You know, wise people generally act on behalf of the common good, but also ensure that their own needs are met, striving for harmony among uh, competing demands and goals. So wise people also seek to understand the motives of others rather than merely judging their behavior. In addition to fostering an understanding and respect of others, wisdom can provide a really fulfilling sense of purpose. Wisdom can be gained through a whole combination of experiences and education, living through experiences especially, uh, uh, such as making uh, professional decisions, resolving really painful relationship conflicts, provide a lot of knowledge and learning to think critically and broaden perspective on education setting can also hone the skill as well. So when we approach a decision, open-mindedness, Perceptive take, uh, perception taking, intellectual humility helps us arrive at a sound conclusion. And that, my friends, is wisdom. And these features create a bigger picture, revealing a lot of factors that can help identify a fit between the demands of a specific situation and the knowledge you may have about how to handle other situations. You know, wisdom is often perceived as arriving at old age. But, you know, old age uh, can mean that a person is not necessarily wiser. Maybe they've gone into old age with their own closed perspective on life rather than an open perspective. So I would not assume that every old person in life is going to be wise because if they're only boxed into their own set of being right, oftentimes they'd only have a very limited amount of wisdom to offer us. You know, Aristotle believed in two types of wisdom theoretical and practical. And so the, the practical involves the explorations of things we can't change, but which we can seek truth. The latter, uh, excuse me, that the, 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 uh, the theoretical is what the explorations of things that can't change, but about which we seek truth. The latter, which is the practical, explores that which can change through making good choices. And so you know, if you think about it, uh, uh, Confucius once said, by three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by re uh, reflection, which is the noblest. Section by, uh, second is by imitation, which is easiest. And third is by experience, which is the bitterest. You know, it's really interesting with psychological research 
there's a whole handful of theories about wisdom, and it was really hard doing the research on this, trying to, to find all this stuff out. But there's uh, Robert Sternberg's balanced theory of wisdom. He defines wisdom as using one's intelligent, creativity, common sense, and knowledge to balance three life domains. That's the interpersonal, the intrapersonal, and the extrapersonal. People do this over the short and long term. And so here's the, the goal. Adaption to current environments. How do we adapt? If we are adaptive creatures, that means we are learning and evolving as we move through all of our life. Well, also, there's the shaping of our environments. How do we shape our environments? How do we influence our environments? And then do we choose a new environment and how are we going to impact that? So the expertise in fundamental pragmatics of life is defined as the knowledge and judgment about the essence of the human condition. And this is Baltz and, and uh, Stottinger from 2000, page 124, and the ways and the means of planning and managing and understanding a good life. And so there's, first of all, a factual knowledge, which asks, what does one know about human nature, interpersonal relations, and social norms? And I'm not trying to go over your head with what wisdom is all about, but I'm going to break it down in a really simple way as we move through the show as to how we can collect wisdom and implement wisdom in our life and actually learn some wisdom that is out there for all of us to take in. You know, you know. It's really understandable that we have to see qualities in a person if we're going to look at that person to be a wise person. Number one is they need to be pro-social. They need to have pro-social attitudes and behavior. So that means they look for the common good. They come from a sense of empathy and compassion. They look at social cooperation. And they also look at ultimate truths, altruism. Then they also have another quality. They have social decision-making with pragmatic knowledge of life, understanding other people's emotions, motivations, and using the information to make wise social decisions. That means they're thinking not only about how it's going to impact them, but how it's going to impact other people in their lives. Also, there's emotional homeostasis, which means balance. That requires self-control and impulse control and the ability to manage yourself in challenging situations. And also there comes with this idea of reflection and understanding as a quality of a wise person. And that means self-knowledge. And then they also need to value relativism and tolerance. That means they need to be a person who has patience. And that means they take perspectives and they look for the long game rather than the short game, you know, and also acknowledgement and dealing effectively with uncertainty and ambiguity. If they have patience for uncertainty and ambiguity and have faith that good things can come out of waiting, then they acknowledge and accept the limits of what they know. This is the means of what makes a person wise. You know, there's five strengths of wisdom. Number one is being a creative person. Number two is being a curious person. Number three is often having good judgment. Four, and this is most important, the love of learning and also having perspective on understanding that all information is biased in some way. Each of those things exists as every person to some degree, 
but some people have more than they have than others. And the people that have more of those creativity, the more of the curiosity, the more of the judgment, the love of learning and patience and perspective, the more that a person has those as their biggest qualities, the wiser that person is going to be out throughout the course of life. You use strengths in the middle of an as-needed basis. That means it's a floating target. Some things become more important than others. You know, in, in, in leadership, it, it, you know, situations, situations always call for different dynamics of your wisdom. So you have to step up and feel the situation is important. That means all situations become important in life. And all situations and all people have something to learn from each other. You know, the definition of creativity is really hard to find also. Creativity is a way to ferret out differences. It's, 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 it's those works that transform uh, groups of people. And they, they also, uh, uh, their creativity remains throughout the history because it's, it's, it's transformative uh, and we are transformative as people. And we are also influenced by all kinds of things, including groupthink. And so we have to be very careful in the idea of wisdom. Is group think wisdom? Not often. Not often. It's usually judgmental and, 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 and critical, and it lacks the full truth. It's, it's, it's information bias. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about exploration and the psychology of wisdom. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC CEO Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. 
Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the resiliency of wisdom. And you got to understand, we really have to take a, lo- a, 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 a look at what resilience is. And it's the ability to quickly recover from stress, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. And it's a reflection on how flexible we are in adapting to problems that involve family, relationships, work, health, survival, finances. Resilient thinking is shaped by how we view and engage the world and the strength of our social resources and our ability to cope with external and internal demands. And being resilient does not mean you will not face hardships. Rather, it's a way of growing stronger because of the hardships. In some cases, it can even create opportunities to evolve and make larger shifts in behavior. And it can be observed in any area of life where failures and also good things, victories, are commonplace. So losing can be crushing experience, and it forces someone to give up when they're unable to see beyond the loss. However, others might see failure as a really important teaching and uh, a moment of paving the way towards personal growth and improvement. Everybody, everyone experiences challenge that 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 can affect their resilience. Like muscles, it's torn and rebuilt into something stronger. But everyone has a unique uh, tipping point where a challenge has the potential to overwhelm their defenses and then they become a survival problem, like a threat. And so much of the, the that revolves around the amount of control a person has over their stressor, as well as the potential for changing the situation. You know, a person who has little control over their situation is more likely to develop learned helplessness, a victim mentality. And it's sad when we have people whining all the way through their life, never really affecting the people around them because they see themselves as powerless. Our whole ability in life is not to control other people. Our ability in life and our effectiveness in life has everything to do with how we influence people. And that includes our children, our spouses, our family, very our friends, It's very important to understand that our power is in the ability to influence and not control. However, people that want to control have a real problem because control results in everything you're going to find in the diagnostic manual for mental health. It's going to come out in symptoms of depression. It's going to come out in symptoms of anxiety, symptoms of OCD, symptoms of whatever the diagnosis may be. Uh, including that of a bipolar or or even a person who has uh, psychotic tempe- uh, tendencies or antisocial personalities, cognitive disorders, uh, oppositional defiance, which comes out in children. All of that has the need to control things we cannot control, and that results in psychosis. So a resignation that future similar situations will bring the same result is going to create a problem because that person boxes themselves in to prepare for the most negative outcome. On the other hand, a person who learns to be resilient from hard experiences may use it as a a stress inoculation, which makes them stronger and more immune to the problems of stress. So resiliency has everything to do with our survival in life. And resiliency also has to do with the idea, are we going to live in our reactions? 
to life or are we going to form a response to life? People who live with their, within their emotional reactions will make stupid emotional decisions and that's the way they do. And they sit there and they have the same argument over and over because all they do is react. If we think about a response, that means we're going to be constructive and resilient and that calls for wisdom. You know, if you're told to be creative, you will be. Open, supportive, and formal reinforcing environments increase creativity. The opposite doesn't. In fact, the easier you cr uh, create an unsupportive, constrained environment that suffocates everyone's individual creativity, the more you're going to find people very, very unhappy. Highly creative people tend to allow ideas to marinate while they're working on other things. So you'll notice that these people work on many problems at the same time, and curiosity is taking an interest in ongoing experiences for its own sake. So that means we're finding subjects and topics fascinating where we're always continuing to grow our mentality around those ideas and explore and discover. You know, there's extensive research dating back to the late 70s about curiosity. You know, the tool developed and used to assess the trade are all self-report questionnaires. And some have uh, inadequate uh, psychometric properties, but other provide some good useful information. They identified uh, five dimensions of curiosity. And this is in a 25 item questionnaire. That is the deprivation sensitivity, the deep need to fill uh, knowledge gaps. There's also joyous exploration, finding the world to be a fascinating place. Also, social curiosity is wanting to know what others are thinking and doing. Self-tolerance means accepting and using the anxiety associated with new experiences and not letting it stop us. Also, thrill-seeking, which is this is a risk-taking behavior that gives varied and complex intensive experiences like getting on a roller coaster. You know, when we look at those interests, we also see intensive positive emotions have a strong link to joyous exploration. And this means people are living life rather than coping with life. And that's what wisdom obligates from us is that we have a joyous and joy comes from your soul. It's not happiness. Joy comes from your inner being, your soul. It's not laughing in, in a sense of happiness for the moment. It's feeling good about your life. And so, you know, competency, autonomy, belongingness have a very strong link to stress tolerance. And so being kind and generous and modest also has a strong link to social curiosity. And so those dimensions work on outcomes, specifically stress tolerance and social curiosity. So curiosity correlates highest with your zest, with your wisdom, with your love of learning, with your creativity, with your sense of faith and hope and perspective. This, my friends, is called a healthy life. Wisdom is a combination of experience, knowledge, and careful decisions. And it really improves your life in all aspects. Uh, your emo emotional, your mental, your physical, your your financial, your longevity, you know, it, it requires a person to have a lot of good qualities that help them overcome difficulties. And so it's the ability to 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 uh, help a person overcome multiple difficult situations that they may encounter and get out of them the least possible losses. So a wise person has some qualities that are difficult to acquire across multiple situations. The biggest one in this day and age is patience.
deep thinking, analyzing, studying matters clearly, reaching sound results using sound introductions. You know, it's not something that is materially acquired wisdom. It, it can be learned directly from wise people. You know, the wise man or woman gives advice to the seeker of wisdom. And they apply that so they can benefit from various situations that they may encounter. And they achieve wise results as the aim. You know, if you think about it, and I often tell the story in therapy, is there's this old wise man who lives in a village. And everybody comes to the wise man because they need his wisdom. And one day, the neighbor uh, family comes over to his house and says, our daughter is pregnant, and she says, you are the one that got her pregnant, and so you will be the one who raises this child. His response to them was, is that so? And they said, yes, absolutely. So nine months later, the daughter has the child. They've squashed his whole reputation with the village as the wise man, so nobody comes to visit, and they present the baby to him. And they say, this is your baby. And he says, is that so? And they say, yes. He takes the baby. And over a year, he raises that baby. And then a year later, they come back to his house. And they say, that child is our child. We found out that the butcher's son is the one who got our daughter pregnant. Can we have the baby back? And he said, is that so? And they said, yes. So he hands the baby back. Where's the wisdom in that, folks? Think about it. You have to allow people to have their own perceptions. And though you may not agree with their perceptions, you might not have any other healthier choice but to go with their perception and allow them to have it until it wears out its welcome. You know, analyzing matters and studying them in the mind is one of the most important features of a wise person. They study and they're the mind of uh, other people in analysis and in logic. And they come down to the whole idea that in life, if they make more logical decisions than they do emotional decisions, which emotions are meant to motivate us to seek the logic to make a good choice. So we make more logical decisions than emotional decisions. We tend to have a much better life. Sadly, people will get in arguments and make the dumbest decisions of their life and then have to spend the rest of their life trying to justify why they made such a stupid choice. You know, wisdom protects a person from falling into difficult problems and it prevents people from recklessness and hasty decision making that they regret. People that regret, people that take stuff back to the store constantly are emotional decision makers. And you need to understand that that's a part of your character. And do you need to pull some of that back or not? You know, people that are shopaholics are people who are coping with life. That's not wise. If you're having to take things back, that means you're not making good choices. You know, wisdom helps a person reach our goals. And, and, and it's in an unhurried manner. It's in its own time. And that's how God works, is, is God works in his own time, in his own way, 
And that's how we know when we get a choice that comes from God that it's a good one because he took his time to understand the whole situation and led us in the right direction. You know, wisdom protects people from falling into really bad problems. It prevents people from recklessness. Um, it, It works to build a person's personality in a way that everyone hopes for them to live. And it also cultivates good qualities. You know, in the human personality, it helps people overcome difficulties and deal with different situations in a logical way and achieve the best results at the individual and societal level. If you look at the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk, it's really hard to imagine that that is an emotional choice. That is a very logical choice for many good reasons. And if you look at the, his decision and why he bought Twitter and how he, how, what, the, what he accessed to understand whether it was a good idea to buy Twitter, you're going to see that the reason we look up to this man, some people hate him, a lot of people hate him as a matter of fact, um, but the bottom line is, is simply because he makes wise choices. That is hard to find. It is hard to find. As a matter of fact, what's really strange, and, and I, I, I Some of our best presidents in this world were very good decision, logical decision makers. Maybe as people, they were seen as despicable, but they were smart. They made wise choices. They sought the right people to get the right opinions and made the right choices. And when we have people in this life, we need to treasure them because wisdom can be everything to the survival of humanity. It helps a person develop their relationships, their their social skills. A wise person is loved by people because they advise them in a good way and achieve results in their life situations. They don't find anything wrong with helping others to reach their goals because they have the confidence in themselves and the goodness in, in, is within them to want people to succeed. So let's look at the basic characteristics of wisdom. And let's say what these are the qualities that a person would need overall to be what's called a wise person. If you can integrate these values into your life, you yourself can be a true and effective seeker of wisdom. Number one is openness. Openness, wisdom requires openness to the world, not introversion, not intolerance of other people's ideas. Rather, we accept the differences between humans and try to benefit from them and use these differences in a way that benefits the wise person in their life. Also, culture. The wise person educates themselves intensely so that they look at the knowledge that helps them analyze and study matters carefully to reach the best possible results. Also, mercy. You know, a wise person enjoys mercy and forgiveness for others and does not impose harsh judgments on them because they analyze matters in a merciful and soft way and they excuse, uh, they, they, they seek excuses for others and forgives them for their mistakes. Also, they have a habit, not just a good listener, but a habit of listening. And that is a wise person tries to to listen to others when they talk about their problems and life situations that they face in life so that they try to learn from those experiences and add to their own new personal experiences. But that, my friends, takes compassion, fun, and happiness. Fun character helps a person to overcome difficult situations and thus does not involve 
themselves when exposed to those situations. They can be overcome with happy and a cheerful spirit. That means we can get through this. So when we have hopefulness, we have happiness. You know, all humility is one of the most important characteristics of a wise person. They don't brag about their knowledge and experience. Rather, they are aware that they're always those that are more knowledgeable to them. And by the way, if you're a smart person, you always want to go to the room where people are smarter than you if you want to evolve in this life. You know, the person that is humble is not arrogant, but rather they're humble before people. And they gain their love and respect. And we do not forget that humility is the essence of true wisdom. Also, there's this pure acceptance of other people. Many people try to change others, but their attempts are often useless and futile. It's wise to accept people without focusing on who they are, without changing their behavior or changing their your attitude towards them. We also want people to accept us for who we are without changing ourselves. Also, a person who's wise has what's called a helping nature. They're not characterized by selfishness and arrogance, but rather good works that help others in a real way, in a meaningful way, until they reach their goals. And this achieves psychological and spiritual peace for them when helping others reach their goals. And this, by the, by the way, if you're a parent, this is a character. All these characteristics are wisdom that you would want to instill in your own children by you becoming that example for them. Last but not least is the ability to be resilient. They have the ability to overcome crises and difficulties. Then they gain wisdom from that exposure and then experiences. And if, if, if we have more exposure in life to difficult situations and we are resilient to those, we are considered to be wise. So we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about how to become that wise person in life. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
you are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the resiliency of wisdom. And, you know, you know, wisdom is more strongly associated with life satisfaction than our actual physical health, our finances, our socioeconomic status, our social involvement, our physical environment, and our age. Among Older hospice patients and nursing home residents in a study, wisdom was more associated with connected to their sense of well-being than any other healthier seniors. The way to understand wisdom is observe uh, uh, basically that cognition and reflection and compassion are the makeup of a wise uh, model of how to absorb knowledge. Uh, Cognitive refers to a person's need to understand the deeper truths, including the, uh, including the positive and the negative aspects. Also, reflective paves the way for understanding by looking at events from the past rather than blaming others or circumstances. And then the compassion dimension brings a broad awareness of human nature uh, and suffering that motivates people to help others with sympathy and, and compassion. And so what's really important to, to really ascertain, you know, is that if we tend to come into life with a lot of uh, grasping onto a lot of negative narratives about ourselves, about other people, judging ourselves, judging other people, those negative perspectives and resistance are going to grow into our older character as a human being. That means that we're going to become crotchety old people who have negative uh, perceptions and limited views on life. So they become overwhelmed with loneliness and sorrow. They lose their integrity. They lose their attractiveness simply because they have become a negative person limited in their mindset. You know, losing spouses and friends, seeing family members less and less disengaged from activities is very discouraging for anyone. Then we view that old age has become a problem of becoming locked into your own negative perceptions. And people that are set in their ways, quote unquote, tend to not be people who are attractive to others. And they tend to be more of a burden to their family than a help. The only other aspect is maybe they're rich and the rest of their family is waiting for this crotchety old worthless, not so smart person anymore to die so that they can benefit and become either that same crotchety negative person or become a wise person and do something good. You know, there's a lot of wisdom from several centuries that being wise is more beneficial than being uh, than making decisions wisely because it helps us feel satisfied in life. It makes our relationship with those around us better, and it helps reduce feelings of sadness and depression. You know, we need to think about things well before getting the result. And if the person is angry and upset, they're not going to be able to think clearly. 
And so you need to calm down in order to be able to think about facts and clearly and logically. You know, if you look at people who argue and never solve their arguments, what they do is they walk away from the argument never solving it. When you should set a time out and a time back, if you did that, maybe you'd make calm decisions and compromise and have a better relationship with your spouse. You know, wise people think before they speak. They follow the principle that if the saying comes out of a person's mouth, it does not return. So the wise person only says things that make them proud of saying them. So we want to learn from mistakes of other people. It's not always wise to compare yourself to others, but the majority of human beings have that weakness of comparative uh, psychology where they have to look at other people and then put themselves and look at that and weigh their value based on others rather than what their own individual talents are. You know, we learn from mistakes of others. And that helps us avoid. And that means that wisdom means that I don't have to experience trauma to learn from somebody else's trauma. We also want to be respectful and, and we want to be responsible. And this is what people in this day and age have a really hard time doing is being responsible for our actions and choices and face life with courage. And, 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 and also accept the consequences of our decisions and don't excuse or blame other people for our mistakes. So that taste of failure does not become easy for us, but we absorb it and we learn from it. You know, uh, uh, the wise and pious people, one of the most important ways in which a person becomes wise is to always accompany those who are wise and try to learn from what they do in their life circumstances and how their relationship with people has manifested, you can benefit from their experiences. But here's the deal. You will never, even if you seek wisdom and have tons of wisdom to offer people in life, if you yourself do not apply that wisdom to yourself and you do not manage your integrity, which is what you do when no one else is looking, you have a tendency to crash and burn and everything you value in terms of wisdom becomes worthless because in the end, you would not do what was wise. So why would we hear a fool tell us what is wise? Fools can tell us what is wise. People can be bigots. People can have something to offer even though they don't follow their own advice. And that's great. But if they try to force others to do that and then themselves don't do it, that's not a very good example. And that is not going to be wisdom that's going to be absorbed very well by anybody. You know, there's an inverse relationship between being hasty and the degree of wisdom. Wisdom protects a person from recklessness that may fall into various problems that they, that they, they may see in situations. For instance, you go to buy a car. The car salesman is going to want you to get in the car, see how it feels, see how it smells, see how it drives, see that engine, look at what the possibilities are. This, and then this is how much it's going to cost to buy that car. And then all of a sudden, um, as they get you more and more excited, the cost of the car increases and increases and increases because you just got to have it. So they're feeding on your impulse. They're feeding on your emotions to make the decision rather than the logical, wise choice. So you want to be very careful when you're walking into environments where someone's wanting to sell you something because they're going to want to bait your emotional desire to have that thing. You know, we need to think. We need to observe. We need to question motives of ourselves and others when we're thinking about being wise. You know, listening too much to other people's opinions without forming our own can prevent you from thinking calmly and rationally about things. The more you make decisions in life, the more decisive you are, the better people can love you because they know what you like. 
indecisive people become crazy makers in life, and they are a wrecking ball through any sense of balance or stability simply because their inability to believe in faith, to have faith, and to make leaps of faith. You know, there's a lot of ways to become resilient. We want to choose optimism. So we reframe our outlook uh, outlook on challenging situations by actively looking for ways to see how we can learn from these situations. We want to develop a problem-solving attitude, accept new challenges with the knowledge that we might fail, or try to focus on bouncing back and learning from your mistakes. We also the other ways to be resilient and wise is to, is to spend time finding out what the meaning of life is for you. But that means you have to be in life. That means you have to be in this moment, not in the future and in the past. We want to be here in this moment, considering these facts in this day and age, where we're at with the persons we're with. And we want to build off of that. So you want to surround yourself with people who believe in you, who nurture your relationship, who work to build positive connections. And we also want to build confidence by challenging ourselves with activities that push our comfort levels without threatening our peace of mind. And that's so important. We also want to put our situation into perspective. We want to support and help others through their challenges and that that can benefit our own state of mind by knowing we've helped other people. And if we practice mindfulness through breathing, meditation, yoga, prayer, mindfulness is paying attention to the present in a non-judgmental way that involves kindness and our sense of being able to find knowledge and truth in what's going on around us. You know, there's this thing called collective intelligence or collective wisdom, and and sometimes used synonymously uh, with collective wisdom. And it's more of a shared decision-making process unlike collective wisdom, collective intelligence, it's it's not necessarily uniquely human. It has associated with animals and plant life, but collective intelligence is basically a consensus-driven decision-making, whereas collective wisdom is not necessarily uh, uh, focused on decision-making process, but collective wisdom is more uh, a phenomenon which can be characterized by collective learning over time and in the moment. But here's wisdom, and these are quotes. You know, Voltaire, a person should be judged on their questions rather than their answers. Also, you know, ask yourself, would you rather exist or cope? What are you doing more of in this moment? Also from Lao Tzu, you know, he who knows does not speak. He who speaks does not know. Here's my quote. Anything you do that is hard makes your life easier. And what do you want to be is more important than who you think you are. What you want to be is more important than who you think you are. Everyone sees who you appear to be rather than who you really are. But you never know, you know about yourself until you look at yourself as to what you want to be. That is the essence of what you want everyone else to see is what you want to be. You never know who you marry until you divorce them. That's another one of mine. Also, knowing what must be done does away with fear. So when we understand, I've got to win this battle. I've got to overcome this problem. 
I've got to deal with this trauma. I've got to take on my child and be able to parent them in a good way. I've got to find my way through this financial struggle. You know, when we decide that we know what has to be done and, and we are not focused on a negative outcome, but what we have to do to get things in a better place, things start to get better. You know, ever, no one's ever perfect for each other, but they can try to be perfect. You know, and we have to understand that if we're looking for that perfect person in our life, it's just not going to be. But maybe that person will fill in a lot of gaps that are missing for who we are. You know, if you trust the timing of your life to God, you're going to have a much better life. If you're going to use your free will to control outcomes, you're probably not going to have what naturally would have come to you in a better way in the first place. You know, so we need to recap or uh, recalibrate what's meaningful if we're going to be wise people. You know, people for who've lived seven or more decades have much more life experience to share. And after meeting a, a charming uh, uh, old person, hopefully we will discover how did they become resilient? What have they put themselves in through? Do they have a positive out outlook despite uh, great challenges? You know, if you see an old person who has overcome a lot in their life and is happy in their life and it shows joy still in their life, we can be inspired by their strength and ability to move through adversity and have faith in life itself. You know, we also want to appreciate good wisdom, really strong wisdom. And that is looking at people who have been wise, who have not, you know, not trying to for us to go reinvent the wheel, but hearing people who have been through difficult times and have made it through in their lives can be an inspiration for us. You know, being old is much better than you think it will be, and happiness is a choice. It's not a condition. But the real goal should be joy. And joy comes from your spirit. Joy comes from your desire to learn. Joy comes from your ability to love. And love is the hardest thing that we will ever, ever do in our life. You know, even a 10-minute conversation with another person can be beneficial to boosting our memory, you know, and, and the research is that, you know, friendly conversations help stimulate uh, uh, people's ability to perform problem-solving skills, you know, and, and so the next time you see an older person, maybe draw from that. You know, you want to learn what makes you truly joyous in your life. And some people, if they find their passion and purpose, can actually discover what gives meaning to their life. What gives emotional resilience? Where do they gather their wisdom? What kind of wisdom do they have and can they apply it to help other people? All right, that's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, if at first you don't succeed, then skydiving is definitely not for you. You know, laughter is the greatest medicine, but laughing without a reason needs you, means you probably need medication. <laughs> no, here's Nietzsche. To do is to be. Kent, to be is to do. And then there is Scooby-Dooby-Doo. <laughs> also, political resolutions are like writing a check on a non-existing account. <laughs> Also in America, anyone can be president. That's the problem. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, next week, we're going to talk about loneliness. Loneliness.
our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 